Firstly, just let me say uh, kia ora koutou, kia ora e to the Bay Vineyard tribe. It's nice to be able to speak and I desperately wish I was actually getting to be with you today, but this blooming lockdown. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan, just so everyone knows, Dan was actually meant to be speaking this Sunday, so alas, he's stuck alas, up there. I'm stuck at home and yeah. you at least can go get coffees now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a pastor's son, and but actually I'm also a, a church planter's son. So my pastors, my, my parents planted the church that they pastor still to this day back when I was 14. So I spent my teenage years um, being the guy on Sunday afternoon who would load all the sound gear into the back of the station wagon and we'd head into the town and we would set up this sort of cafe style thing and we'd put on this church plant. And that's basically since that point, that's just been me. Like I've been in on that story in all kinds of ways. And my dad worked really hard um my dad is a hard worker just like i think you're saying about your dad too sam there's no there's no faulting their work ethic that's one of the things they're driven by it's actually a high marker for them um, of of being a good person i think um you know bernard of claveau he says there's two things you should know in life number one who you are and number two that you are not who you are by your own power mm. and i think when I look at my story with my dad, I look at what he formed in me and what he formed in me was a work ethic. That's one of the things I received from my dad as a formation. So my dad taught me to work hard and I would often work really, really hard every context I was in, whether it was working for a farmer as a summer job, whether it was um, my first jobs outside of you know design school, whether it was when I showed up to Auckland and started pastoring, I worked hard. And I remember this one moment, um, one time where uh, we had to do like timesheets for working at Shaw Vineyard at the time where I was pastoring. And I, for four weeks, was proud that multiple times in those four weeks, I was working heaps of overtime. And my timesheet would end up at like 65 weeks an hour. Uh, sorry, 65 hours a week or, you know, like I was trying desperately to, I guess, show how I'm a hard worker. And then it all just started to kind of unravel because, of course, you can't keep that up, can you? You can't keep that pace up. And um, the way it unraveled is I had to learn to slow down. So I had to actually learn, man, in life there's this accelerator, but also there's a break. And in the spiritual and the fruit of the spirit there's accelerated fruit and there's also breakthrough like there's things that stop there's patience there's things that slow you down in the practices of the church there's acceleration there's things to engage in but also there's things to stop with there's things to hold with mm -hmm. and i've had to learn those for the good of my soul the good of my marriage the good of now my parenting the good of my church um sam you and i were at that retreat a couple of years ago with our friend um john mark coma and he framed that whole conversation with us about as goes the leader will go the church do you remember that mm. and and he framed up for us like the best thing you can give your church is a slower more patient calmer kinder healthier version of you he's like that's the best thing you can give your church mm. and i suddenly thought flip i have to change some stuff because i thought what i had to give my church was hard work because <laughs> you know mm. i work off the back of people generously giving to my church. That's what pays my bills at the end of the day. So I have to give them hard work and reply. But what he kind of helped me to see that day was, no, you have to give them a slower, 
you know, different paced person. Mm. So I've been trying to practice that ever since then. That would be my story. And that, and I mean, we'll, we'll connect a little bit later, a little, you know, a little bit more depth around this whole intersection between pace of life and, and, and living on mission for God. But that very same statement could, you know, I think resonate for anyone in any vocation, like the, and as a teacher or as a plumber or as a, um, you know, builder or, or working in IT or, you know, being in charge of a company that actually the best thing that you can give people. And I think one of the most beautiful witnesses that we can be is healthy in our inner life and in our soul, particularly with all the um, crazy social pressures that go on uh, these days and, and just a lot of tribalism and all that sort of thing. So I know for me, like, as I, I remember my twenties beginning to really get my head around like Sabbath rest and, and that sort of came onto my paradigm quite strongly. And I began to work through some of that stuff, which I thought was tricky when I was single, <laughs> uh, in terms of how to outwork that. And then like, you know, you get married and like, Oh, there's another person in the mix that's wired differently than me. And then you have children. And it's like, okay. Uh, so you constantly, I constantly have to rework that. But, but also I remember like what, it exposed for me in the as uh there was some brokenness in my thinking around value identity like uh, have you had to work through some stuff like that in terms of like um like i want to slow down a little bit but then stuff popping up that has hindered you or or you've realized is a bit broken in terms of your own thinking or wiring or uh you know does that make sense yep it does um yeah heaps of stuff showing up <laughs> big time i i, I want to just probably like slightly um, tease that process a little bit. Um, Dallas Willard says that, you know, how do we change? So, so as you're thinking about, okay, I want to become a more evenly paced person. So if that's the goal, how am I going to get there? And he says, you need a vision, you need an intention and you need a means. So you need a vision, you need an imagination for it. Then you need an intention. You actually need a desire, man. I do actually want that. Not just, Oh, that's a good idea. And then you need means you need practices. And so I think early on, I went straight to means. I went straight to practice without a vision or an intention. Brilliant. So I didn't have an imagination for, um, uh, let's, throw the, let's throw the net out pretty wide. I didn't actually have a vision and an imagination for the good life Jesus has for me. Mm. Like, like I, I had some ideas, but I didn't have this idea, this imagination that said, what if the good life Jesus wants for me is actually just a good like slower, more peaceful. My internal world's not all kind of clouded up and messy and chaotic and always frantic and, and always trying to, you know, be reactionary to stuff. Like what if that's the good life? And that's kind of where my imagination started to kind of expand. It was like, wow, the Lord actually wants for me as a disciple with him to know that I'm loved deeply and for my life to live as a mirror of that love. And that's the good life. And I had to kind of start there. And I had to start there even with mission because I thought mission was working hard. I thought mission was saving up and going elsewhere. I thought mission was doing something kind of big and, you know, loud in your community. And I started to realize what if mission, <coughs> excuse me, is just simply giving away that presence to each other. What if it could be that, you know, uh, being a presence in our town and our cities that looks different. Like John Mark, kind of, I love that line, like a non-anxious presence. Yes. Like Great what line. a gift to any 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 space to be a non-anxious presence. Yeah. Great phrase, right? So what if that is my imagination <laughs> sort of picking over? And I'm starting to I'm starting to make that my vision. Um and then intentions, the next click, right? So if if I have an imagination for it, I then need to start to desire that and I need to start getting this desire going. 
And my desire just kind of came from a bunch of things. It came from starting to realize, like, if I don't get this right, my wife's going to be the victim of me not getting this right. If I don't get this right, my kids are not going to, you know, they're going to be the ones that suffer the repercussions of this. My church, like, I was fueled almost by a negative narrative, but in a good way. Like, it's sometimes that pressure is a good thing to just say, hey, there's, there's a cost if I don't get this right. Um, there's a cost to others. So that wasn't a burden on my shoulders. It was almost like a, an acceptance of the reality of that, a, a responsibility for that. I actually want my wife, my son, uh, my family around me, my friends to experience that of me. So then means. So Sabbath, that was a big one, like learning to Sabbath. And actually that was really hard. And I had a love-hate relationship for, with it for a long time. But now after lockdowns and lockdowns are no Sabbath, baby, like they're not, they're not, they're not, they're, there's something else and completely different. Sabbath is to, to do four things. All right. Sabbath is to stop, to rest, which are different. Stopping and resting are two different things. So stop, to rest, to be replenished, to worship and to delight. And if I get all those four things together, I'm practicing biblical Sabbath. But just doing one thing, just stopping, mm. that's not biblical Sabbath. That's mm. just stopping. Mm. So learning that, that was hard. The other one that was really cool though, Sam, which I think um, might apply to some people who are watching this today, is there's another spiritual discipline called watching. I don't know if you've done much of this, but watching is like where Jesus says, consider the birds for they have everything that they have. Their father loves them. And like, that's actually a spiritual discipline. <laughs> so, so to actually go, I'm going to slow down my life. And I'm going to make sure I keep watching. So I'm going to make sure, like my dad does this. He actually puts a bird feeder outside, out their kitchen window. And in the morning, he makes a coffee and he stands looking out the window in the morning all year long, all through the seasons. And he watches the birds and he just meditates on that, that scripture. Consider the birds for they have everything they need as their father in heaven has mm. given to you. You know, like it's like this beautiful practice. So I'd say Sabbath, watching, those are probably two of the most incredible pace setting practices for me. Yeah. Hope that answers what you're asking. Yeah. I love that, Dan. That's so, so helpful. Our church uh, knows that um, when it comes to the watching discipline, one of the things I love watching is my lawn. <laughs> and, I and I just, and, and similar to your dad, I'd stand there with a the coffee and just be like, that's a good lawn. Uh, it's currently not a great lawn, actually. And so I went to Mitre 10 because we finally could and bought some weed and feed, which I do every year. And I, was, I, I looked at the forecast and thought I could get away with it yesterday. But I did it all. And then like two hours later, it rained. It was like, Jen doesn't even know that she's going to be hearing this for the first time <laughs> as she watches this. But um, and, and, I, and, and similar to your dear, my grandfather really modeled that for me. Not, not through anything he, he taught me in terms of being able to frame it up properly, but I just watched him watch things with pure delight. Yeah. and it was just um it's really it captivated me in terms of what a rich and beautiful way to live um yeah that, that's so so helpful uh, and so um so back to this whole thing of mission you know um it seems oh you know with with a lot of our guys are in our home churches this week watching the the video that john tyson made on this whole thing of a sacred pace uh and going into that session i was like oh man how does how does pace and mission intersect? Like this is an interesting subject to have on a course centered around mission. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was so helpful. A lot of the stuff you've just described really helped uh, me understand that a whole lot more. But do you want to unpack that, that relationship a little bit more in terms of what it looks like to um, 
to yeah to to see the intersection between the mission of God and how we represent Him as ambassadors in the world today, right. and the pace yeah. of our life. I, I think for me this this pins into Matthew eleven, um, like that's kind of where I would would hang this um, in a considerable way in my life. Matthew eleven, of course, is where you know Jesus says, you know, come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. But then he also says about this thing of being yoked to him. Um, and you just got to think about that yoke properly for a few moments. Like being yoked to Jesus is, um, you know, I think Eugene Peterson paraphrased it by saying, you know, um, come in, I'll show you how to really work is one of the phrases I, I think is in there. So it works definitely in there. So there's a sense of like, um, come with me, walk with me, and I will show you how. Mm to to work mm. and it affirms work mm. and it affirms that we're we actually are serving a god who is at work um in his in his mission so jesus is saying come be with me and yoke yourself to me and, and learn the pace and i i've always thought about how sometimes we interpret that as like you know something heavy being on our shoulders is the is when it's out of balance but actually i think there's also the like the lateral movement of that too like when we're pushing or pulling is also a weight if that makes sense so we're trying to push on too hard without god's spirit and we're going off on our own agenda and we're pushing off into these kind of like antagonistic corners i reckon we've gone too far we've pushed too hard <laughs> you know and also um when we're not doing anything and we feel a kind of tug behind us of jesus saying come on i've called you to a mission i've called you to loving i've called you to serving like come on and we feel the tug from behind I would say that's similar too. that that's that's the, the yoke doing its work mm. so i think you know this thing of mission and pace and i think tyson's idea of um was it sacred sacred pace yeah I think sacred so he talks about a fatal pace and um and a fatal pace yes. um uh, and then the sacred pace you know and Oh, sorry, compla complacent pace, fatal pace, and then the sacred pace. The sacred because pace we can with the spirit, right? That's his yeah, like, yeah. That's the whole thing of being led spirit. by the spirit. So walking with the spirit in terms of how we have have our pace. Yeah. So I would say that's probably for me like the paradigm that I hold all that in. Um, as a disciple of Jesus, not even as a pastor. So as a pastor, there's a bunch of weight that gets put on that yoke. <laughs> mm. That you're like, oh, take it off. <laughs> but as a disciple. I've got neighbors. I've got people literally living on this, you know, street just outside here. We've got four neighbors and I want to live in that yoke with my four neighbors. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've got friends through Jimmy's kindy. Now my son's kindy. I want to live in that yoke with them. I want to, I want to arrive at kindy dropping off my son and start to have conversations with people. And I want that yoke to be kind of at work. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be being led by the spirit. I want to be being tugged. Um, and, and, so the pacing of it is just being kind to yourself, but also being attentive to God and, and walking in that beautiful rhythm mm. there. Um, yeah. There's a, a bit of rage against the uh, machine formation in my life that um, is pretty deep. And, and one of the things I think that really spins my tires around the pace of life is just how countercultural this message is. And again, Tyson's critique of like, you've got complacent stuff. So van life and Instagram, you know, sunrises and we don't, and we've rejected the, you know, society or whatever in, in their stupid work ethic. Um, but then I think most folk, 
you know, sort of fantasize about that, but don't live it. And, and that kind of fatal pace thing. And like, just, we swim in a culture with the expectations on us. And there's this kind of rage against the machine thing in me where I'm like, what does it look like to be this countercultural people who have time and have margin and who haven't said yes to so much stuff that our schedules are bananas and our souls, as you say, you know, are, are, are flourishing and, and that non-anxious presence. Um, mm -hmm. I read something by Preston Sprinkle yesterday, one of his blog posts, and I, I, it was challenging. He says, if one of the Navi left planet Pandora, <laughs> cool metaphor, and visited Earth, would they notice a peculiar people? Would they recognize a subsection of humanity marked by self-denial, enemy love, and a countercultural sexual ethic? Or would we blend into the sea of those who are lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God? 1 Timothy verse 3. And I think part of that is like, man, I mean, it's a confronting statement, um, but it, it gives, for me, vision, like you're talking about earlier, around the sort of community I want to be a part of and the sort of people I want to be and embody and the sort of community I want to build in within our, our little church here at Bay Vineyard. Uh, but also that pace thing for me, I'm like, man, like clearly throughout the Old Testament, one of the uh, things that God does is heal people from the thing of slavery where your values and what you produce. Um, but I'm like, man, how much of how tough is that for us to get the slave out of our inner man or inner woman in terms of our values made and what we produce? And that's where Sabbath is is a gift, but it's quite exposing often in terms of that. But yeah, there's part of me, and I know that you, we had slightly different influences musically growing up, Dan, but does that resonate for you in terms of like, you know, Walter Brueggemann's, the, you know, Sabbath is resistance and the pace, like there's part of me that's like, yeah, it's rock and roll, man, in terms of like erratically, uh, you know, I didn't sign up to be some namby-pamby pastor Christian, you know, I want to be kind of cultural, man, and uh, and in the way of Jesus. Does that resonate for you? Big time. And, and um. I'd just say like that if we get those practices in the right place, so they're not religious, like they're not sitting over here as something yes. we do to earn God's favor. So important. But they actually, we wrestle them into the right place and say, I practice Sabbath because in practicing Sabbath, I'm going to be someone who puts my phone down. Mm. Yeah. Like that's countercultural. Um, <laughs> I'm going to not be defined by my production mm. all week long mm. that's counter like so the practice produces something um it puts it puts it puts us in a place to have that experience mm. and so uh, i'm a bit like you i like more alternative music and my upbringing definitely i was more of a punk rock fan and it was the same thing it was like this subculture you know and there was this like diy practicing nature and you you belonged because of a bunch of markers you belong because you like the music you belonged because you you know you know there's a like a um i don't know a, a, like a mutual appreciation there like i like the music the music seems to like me <laughs> but then there's this thing of like um i want to contribute something here i want to make this, and so there's this diy nature to it and you got involved and you Oh, sorry, guys. We are having. I am having a few technical glitches. Sorry, I lost you there for a second, oh, Dan, and it might be me. You'll have to we have to reboot that little section. Sorry, that was my Zoom wigging out again. Oh, do you want to start? From so the no, question? no, you're mutual. So you're talking about the, the music oh, loved yeah. you and a bit of a yeah. DIY thing in there. Yeah, and so because of that DIY thing, you contributed, right? And That's because cool. you contribute, you got your hands dirty. You you made you you started to learn guitar. Yeah. and you started a band and you you learned some scales so that you could play a song you know and all of that 
meant that you had this beautiful thing out the other side you you played some music but there was all of this work of learning scales and learning about gear and all of that it was all part of the picture and i think we just have to realize that's what practices are trying to do mm. you know a practice of sabbath is to learn the scales of rest um, so that you can contribute into the world in a beautiful way mm. um the point is not that the church would just be filled with a great bunch of sabbathers <laughs> or watchers it's that would be people on mission and the way we're formed in that is by learning these scales of these things yeah and that and that's where like the um you know our framework i know we've talked a lot about this around discipleship to be with jesus and to become like jesus and to do what jesus would do if he was you wherever he's got you that the whole thing of becoming like jesus in terms of the pace of life is intimately connected with the whole thing of then doing what jesus would do because we have something to offer from that the, the deeper wells of a rested soul and someone that's um learning to grow in that loving union with god and, and finding healing in that place mm-hmm. hey as we land dan um you know we're well, i'm sorry that you're still in lockdown mate you know we're 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 in sort of level you know level two um you know and we're getting used to wearing all these things and um but uh, i know that it must be tough for you guys up there still being in lockdown but uh, for our context, um, people are changing gears and, and, and everyone's back at work now. And uh, it's, there's, But the lockdown and, and the sudden pivots and changes and uncertainty has been is tiring and it's stressful. I'm very aware of that as a pastor. And as I think of my wonderful little crew, you know, engaging this morning, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, my heart goes out to them. But I just know that there's a, there's a wise way of... Um, again connected with pace but what was your advice pastorally around how could we can navigate out of again another change another level all that sort of thing and and uh, and be refreshed and replenished and do that intentionally uh, and with some wisdom over these next weeks it's a great question sam and i think we're all we're all in the middle of that still so i don't think we should stop asking that question um these lockdowns and the alert changes it's it's a learning curve and it just keeps throwing us in all kinds of different directions like any learning curve does so we're all learning new things whether it's trying to live within the new um adjustments to the level two etc etc or whether you know in auckland we've lived with the pressure of another lockdown could come at any minute for quite a long time now you know like that's a reality for us Mm. so you're always living with that pressure so i would say um if if there's this like learning curve and this thing that's like tiring you that's kind of the reality of life then you need to name that and go i'm living with that that would be my first thing and then i would say and then find a countercultural practice with jesus that's going to kind of emerge every day to just remind you that that's the reality we're not getting rid of it but i'm going to try and seek a way of being in it well so for me what that's meant is i read one chunk of scripture all week so i just read a certain psalm and i don't move from that psalm i read it every morning and i read it all week so this week i've doing i've been doing peter's declaration okay so all week i've just been sitting with peter and jesus having this interaction and jesus saying well who do you say i am and peter saying you're the messiah like all of this and then jesus says to peter and you're my rock you know like mm. i rename you so i've just been sitting with that all week so all week and amongst all of these ups and downs of so many things that are changing and another one o'clock address and another mask thing and you know the numbers of this all week i'm sitting with the same scripture 
And it just helps me to just sit and just go slowly. And sometimes I might post about that publicly. Most often I don't. I'm just sitting with my own notebook, my own journal, my own prayer. And what I love, and this would be a little bit of a throw the line out a bit further, I would say read a psalm and spend all week in that psalm and just keep praying that psalm. Like just let it be a prayer. Even if you read it and you're like, oh, I don't actually feel like life's that bad. <laughs> just realize that the psalm's inviting you to see something of humanity that someone else might be feeling or you might feel one day mm. and just sit with it. Let it, let it soak in, you know, um, where a psalmist says, you know, I spent all night crying my, my tears into my pillow. You might be thinking, well, I'm not feeling that way today. I was feeling that way a few weeks ago, but I'm not feeling that way now. Move on. I would say, don't move on. Stay there. Mm. Just let it sit, sit well with you. Mm. I think that's what the Lord's doing in this moment. Mm. I think it's an invitation to just slow down and go deep in a world where we're so used to just scrolling stuff quickly, reading little snippets and moving on. What if you could read a piece of scripture slowly all week in amongst all the ups and downs that's going on around you? That would be one. That would just be shooting from the hip. That would be one bit of advice. Oh, I love that. Slow down and go deep. Oh, damn, that's a goodie. Um, just as we, as we finish, uh, I love I love that framework around vision, intention, and, and method was the last one. Yeah. Means, means the means to do it yeah and um and i, I want to encourage our guys because i know that you know for me and you dan as we've been friends for, for, for a long time now that um we can with like we're passionate about this stuff because uh we know that the fruit's worth it and our church knows that i joke all the time about rachel hunter's famous line it won't happen overnight but it <laughs> but it will happen and i'm like man when it comes to having a vision for this like how you want your soul to feel and what the flourishing life walking with jesus and being yoked to him looks like which includes participating in his sufferings feeling uh, what Jesus feels for the broken world around us and all the rest of it. But then uh, having that intention, like I want that. And, and, and we're in a time of history where that's been tested for every Christian. Do you want it? Uh, but then having the means to be able to do it. My thing is like, keep chipping away at the means once you've got that vision and intention, because it won't happen overnight, but it will drip feed. Like your soul will be replenished. It's a drip feed of flourishing. And uh, have you had a sabbatical, Dan? No, because when I was about time for sabbatical, we planted our church yeah. and now I'm in church period time. Yeah, again. But, yeah, we're 100% um, my story. But I think like I, I'm all for sabbaticals. I'm all for that season. But I, yeah. I think what's, what's, what um, Sabbath has done for me has it's meant I'm, I'm living in a different rhythm now as a pastor. Yeah even tracking towards that 100%. like completely different so yeah. yeah well i'm the same i mean 100 percent same story like every time we we moved churches we would do the sabbatical uh and and didn't get it so um and then but i'm like man i've actually feel so good <laughs> you know overall i feel really good and i think it's because well i know it's because of like jesus has given me this vision i've wanted it and i've chosen it and then i've even though I've fallen off the wagon so many times with the means, I've gone screw it. I'm going to keep getting back and I'm going to get back on the wagon because that vision is burning in my heart now. And then you start to experience it, and, to, and especially for me over this lockdown, our church knows that I've just felt this peace, this inner peace. It has had nothing to do with my external world. People have been a bit annoyed with me. <laughs> you know, we've had lots of social issues that have come up, and I know you've engaged with Lester. Uh, we've had the kids at home and a bit of stress. They're like, ah, I've actually I literally felt his peace. And it's been like, this should, 
you know, my mental health's historically really vulnerable. And it's like, oh man, this, means, this stuff works, it turns out. <laughs> You know, um, hey, can you pray for us, Dan, as we finish? And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, man. Just so much epic wisdom there, bro. And I'm so grateful for this yarn. My pleasure, bro. I'd love to pray. Yeah, let's pray. Father of love, you invite us to come in prayer as with this invitation and say, come to me as father. And so we start there. Father, the one who wants the best for his children who wants the best for his creation the one whose loving gaze is turned towards us god who is like the prodigal father who stands at the end of the driveway to that god we um we pray today and we just sit and we slow down and we start here we are loved by you god you have loved us first by sending your son as christ into the world the incarnation the display of love and you have suffered you have endured you have modeled you have invited you have declared you have put all of these things in place that we would be people of that way of that way of life. and so god we start by setting our gaze into this vision of love this good life and I pray for each person at Bay Vineyard. I pray for each person watching this quarter today. I pray that something of this moment might spark and help and encourage and call uh, us towards living a little bit more in the reality of that love, that loving way. I pray for that today, Lord, that this way of peace and shalom, this way of your kingdom would be our big, beautiful story that we live in. And I pray for napier and i pray for that whole region i pray that bay vineyard would be known as people who live in that big beautiful story of a god of love and peace and grace towards creation lord equip this church to be people who embody that and live that who live it into their neighborhoods and into their streets and into their schools embody the this message of love and peace and that it would be lived in beautiful ways, tactile and tangible ways on mission into the corners of the town and the city. Lord, by your spirit, I ask these things. By your spirit, empower, equip, and gift that they may be able to do this. From afar, I ask these things. I send my love. I pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen.